0: Welcome to the Common Sense Nurse Podcast, a show where we discuss all things health, wellness, and medicine. My name is Erica Jones, and I'm your host. Whether you're a medical professional, tuning in to enhance your knowledge in medicine, or just someone who is seeking to gain some perspective in regards to your own health, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Common Sense Nurse a show where we aim to make common sense a common practice. If you're new to our podcast, we want to welcome you to the Common Sense Nurse family and encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and check out our previous episodes. By subscribing to this podcast, you will receive alerts when new episodes are uploaded. And as you continue to listen to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have either read or listened to our disclaimers. Mm. Today, we have a breast cancer survivor joining us to share her personal journey on how she made remission her mission to survival. Like so many other women diagnosed with breast cancer, our guest simultaneously maintained her career, ran her household, and remained an active member within her community. In the words of John Diamond, cancer is a word and not a sentence for this young lady. So without any hesitation, let me introduce to you Miss Ellie Arma. Ellie is a board-certified family nurse practitioner who holds a plethora of academic and clinical achievements. She is currently a practitioner at one of the largest trauma centers in the Mid-South and one-half owner of Premier Family Practice, a well-known healthcare clinic in Jonesboro, Arkansas. So if we have any listeners from Arkansas or the Jonesboro area, Please go visit Premier Family Practice for all your healthcare needs. Hey, Ellie, I know I've already introduced you to our audience, but before we move forward with our conversation, do you have anything you want to say to our audience?
1: I'm just excited to get this podcast started and um, talk to you all about my journey with breast cancer and talk to you about signs and symptoms to watch out for in self-breast exams.
0: Okay, perfect. So Ellie, let's just start off by talking about um, your initial breast cancer diagnosis. Can you walk me through what prompted you to go get tested? Did you have any signs and symptoms like pain or a detectable mass, you know, changing your breast color or discharge, or did you just find out through a routine clinical breast exam?
1: So uh, this occurred back in 2016, I was 35 years old. Um, it was a Friday night and I'd just gotten off of work and I sat on the couch. Um, and then my three-year-old son, he just loves to just jump on me. And well, he kicked my breast, and in the process he kicked it pretty hard. Um, and I get to feel in, I'm like, whoa, what is that? I get to feel in my left breast. I'm like, what is that? Is that a lump? And like, why is it so firm and tender? And immediately my heart sank because, obviously, we always think the worst, right? Yeah, almost um, then I recall, right Then I recall that my mom has had benign breast fibrous cysts in the past. So um, then it kind of just calmed my nerves and relieved me. I was said, like, okay, it could be benign. But um, mind you, I had just seen my OBGYN literally three days prior, and he had done a breast exam on me and found nothing. Uh, I will preface this by saying that um, that exam was interrupted a couple times. The nurse kept coming in and asking him a couple questions. So I don't fault him at all. And I also had very large pendulous breasts and I was even doing my own self exams, but it's kind of hard to do it when you have very large breasts. I wore a size 42 H bra at that time, oh. um, but it's, yeah, <laughs> But <laughs> um, as far as having any clinical signs and symptoms of breast cancer, Um, like pain or lumps or mass or skin changes. I don't think I had any of those. I always had pain, but I just attributed it to me having large breasts. Um, I've had ultrasounds that were done before in the past, and I even went for a breast reduction consultation. Um, but I never followed through with it because the surgeon kind of scared me. He told me that my breasts were large and I could end up getting necrotic tissue or losing my nipples. So I never went back. Now that um, is scary.
0: <laughs> it's <yeah>. very scary.
1: <laughs> so um, anyway, the following morning after following Monday morning after my son had kicked me in the breast, I marched into my OBGYN's office um, and I asked for a mammogram. And my OB happened to be on vacation. But you know what? I didn't even care. I was like, I'll see anybody. All I need is a mammogram or ultrasound or something. So I saw his intern at that time. And I'll never forget her name, Dr. Mary Catherine Jones. But she was awesome. Um, She walked in. I grabbed her hand. I'm like, feel this. And I placed her hand on my left breast. Mm -hmm. And I literally saw the color fade from her face. But um, she patted me on the shoulder and tried to reassure me. It was like, you know, your mom has had benign breast um, cysts before, so it's probably the same thing. You know, her words were kind of telling me one thing, but her eyes were telling me a different story. Anyway, she sent me to the Breast Imaging Center for a diagnostic mammogram. Um, I had the mammogram, the ultrasound, and eventually had a breast biopsy. And then a couple of weeks later, I remember being at work. I was in the middle of seeing patients when I got that dreaded call from, I got the call from the radiologist as well as my OBGYN back to back to confirm the diagnosis
0: of breast cancer. So, yeah. Wow. Ellie, what a journey. Wow. Um, That's really young to be 35 because I know when, you know, you read research and you read articles, they always say the probable call of breast cancer before the age of 40, you know, is really just genetic predisposition. So were you tested for breast cancer genes such as BRCA1 and BRCA2? They did. So
1: um, I. I have one paternal aunt. That means on uh, my dad, my dad's sister, and um, and she was postmenopausal when she was diagnosed. And I also have a paternal cousin, which is also my dad's niece. Um, She was also diagnosed with breast cancer. So both of them were diagnosed with breast cancer and they died at an early age due to breast cancer. Unfortunately for them, they resided in Ghana and Africa. So um, I don't know if they got the care that they needed, but um, I did get Baraka gene testing just due to the fact that I had a genetic predisposition um, to breast cancer. So after I got my diagnosis and was set up with my, um, breast surgeon, and I was waiting for my mastectomy surgery. I had a genetic testing done at my local geneticist's office. Um, so pretty much the genetic testing is like, a, it's a blood test, right? That looks to see if you have a mutation in your DNA that, re- that increases the risk of breast cancer. And those mutations in the breast gene are the Baraka 1 and Baraka 2. So Baraka stands for uh, breast cancer gene 1 and breast cancer gene 2. So pretty much they're looking for those mutations in in both those genes. If you're mm-hmm. positive for Baraka 1 and Baraka 2, it, it just puts you at a higher risk of having breast cancer. So luckily for me, um, my genetic testing came back negative for the gene mutation in Baraka 1 and Baraka 2. So uh, what I will recommend for your listeners is um, definitely get a Baraka gene testing just make sure that you or just the gene testing in general just uh, make sure that you get your gene testing from a reputable company that doesn't sell your genetic data
0: and you know speaking of that just prophylactically getting the testing done I'm not sure if OBGYNs or when you go get your pap smear or just a well women's checkup is that a part of you know the clinical
1: checkup Typically, no. I mean, I guess you could do the, the ones that are online. And like I said, I wouldn't recommend those ones, but typically no. You have to have a family member who's had breast cancer or ovarian cancer in order to get the BRCA gene testing. And I don't know about other gene testings, but the ones that are that sign- that test for the BRCA gene, one and Baraka gene two, you have to have a family member that's been positive with um, breast cancer or ovarian cancer.
0: Um, Going back to um, your initial diagnosis, I know you said that you were actually rounding on patients when you received the diagnosis. How was that emotionally for you? Did you go through like the seven stage of grief? Were you in shock and disbelief and, you know, denial, anger, depression? Like, can you tell us about how were you emotionally? I know I would be an emotional wreck Oh, um, <laughs> I was definitely an emotional wreck. Um,
1: I felt defeated when I got that diagnosis because, yeah, I was in the middle of seeing patients. Um, but here I was, I felt like I was living my best life and bam, out of nowhere, uh, I've been given the worst news anyone could ever get. You know, I have a, at that time, I had a three-year-old boy who was autistic and I just think I may not be by his side. I had a dad who just had been diagnosed with having a stroke and I was his navigator and support system. Um, I have a mom who I love dearly and I was literally scared. Uh, Yeah, I definitely went through the seven stages of grief. Uh, I was shocked (laughs) to tell you the truth. I always prayed to God. God protect me, give me the spirit of life, and bless me to be around for my child, and help me live up to God' His plans. So it's like, why me? You know, I questioned Him, which I think is pretty normal after um, getting that kind of diagnosis. But I was ready to fight to fight for my life, for my son, for my mom, for my dad. Um, I put on the full armor of God and um, decided that this wasn't going to define who I was. And I was going to try and get rid of this this thing that was growing inside of me. So I tried to get my mind right. And I always remember referring to breast the breast cancer as this thing, because I didn't want it to be a part of my body. And oddly enough, I felt that if it wasn't a part of me, um, my body would see it as a foreign substance and attack it. It's weird, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read a quote, and I was doing some research about breast cancer, Um, a man named John Diamond, he said, you know, breast cancer is a word and not a sentence. So moving right along. um, What stage and what type of breast cancer were you diagnosed with?
1: Yeah, um, so I had invasive ductal carcinoma, stage 3B, ER, and PR positive HER2 negative with micrometastatic disease. That's a mouthful, right? Yeah, mouthful. (laughs) So um, what that means to your listeners is that I had invasive ductal carcinoma, which is typically the most common type of breast cancer. Um, This type of breast cancer, it starts in the breast milk ducts, and then it kind of invades nearby tissue in the breast. And then it can actually spread out to surrounding tissues. Um, And then once the breast cancer has spread to the tissues outside of your milk ducts, it can spread to other organs. Now it's it's important to remember that there are several different types of breast cancer and they're typically broken down. We have invasive and non-invasive, and then there's NC2. And then they're broken down even further, which is inflammatory, metastatic and triple negative. But for today and for your listeners, The type of breast cancer that they're diagnosed with will need to be discussed with their oncologist so they can get the perfect plan and plan of therapy for them.
0: So we know that breast cancer conserving approaches have minimized surgical interventions um, by using radiation and chemotherapy to treat micrometastatic cancers. Um, Can you tell me or talk to me about your treatment plan? Did you go through chemotherapy, radiation, Did you have a mastectomy or any breast construction um, surgeries
1: yeah right so um as you mentioned there are several breast conserving approaches but um, due to my diagnosis i i underwent a full double mastectomy and that's where the surgeon removes the entire breast then i underwent chemotherapy then radiation and that was radiation to my left breast, because that's where my um, breast cancer was. Um, So chemotherapy, that uses uh, specific targeted drugs that destroy the cancer within the body. And then radiation uses the high powered beams of radiation to target and kill the cancer. And so I um, initially I had mastectomy, bilateral mastectomy, which is on both sides, chemotherapy, and then radiation. And then once I was done with all that, Um, I had breast reconstruction to kind of help restore the look of my breasts.
0: I read an article in a medical journal the other day that stated the cost of a mammogram is approximately $150. Mm, That's relatively inexpensive, yet a large number of women continue not to be screened. Some of the barriers um, that was stated in the article that contributed to this factor um, was cost pain embarrassment anxiety a language barrier lack of transportation lack of health insurance and low income what are your thoughts about this finding and what advice would you give to any um, woman or any women out there who may be afraid to be screened for breast cancer
1: yeah I mean it's it's quite unsettling that there there are barriers that continue to exist today right uh, when it comes to health care my advice to women is to be your own advocate because early detection is—it's—it's it's really the key to defeating breast cancer. Um, I feel like there are several programs out there to assist people, patients, in getting the screening that they need. So please, please, please reach out to your local hospitals, so your local Susan G. Komen programs, doctors' offices, local public library, health department, and then someone will guide you to the right place. Um, Just being proactive is key, Um, whether you have the finances or the access to care, being proactive and just asking somebody. Um, The other day, I had a patient call the clinic, not my patient, saying, hey, I'm 40. I know I need a mammogram so I don't get breast cancer. How can I go about getting that? You know, and she had no idea how to navigate, but we were able to help her to navigate those ropes and get the mammograms that she needed. Black women are more likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer and typically at a younger age and in later stages and with more aggressive types. And they also have a lower five-year survival rate. So um, these disparities aren't just caused by health issues, but they're also caused by unequal access to healthcare, a lack of diversity in medicine, unaddressed cultural barriers and addressed cultural biases and financial disparities. I mean, like I said earlier, this is just also unsettling because I'm also a part of that statistic, you know? And I don't know if you remember earlier, I said my OBGYN had seen me three days prior to my son kicking me in the breast. And had he taken the time out to truly assess me, maybe he would have found something at you know, so um, had my son not kicked me, I would be dead today. But um, just the key point is early detection. Um, that's, that's the theme for me and what I tell people when I speak to people is just getting that early detection. Early detection is key. It's extremely important to have early detection because um, doing that saves lives, you know. And I found that um, as far as African-American women we are actually getting our mammograms. We're, we're getting it at such a higher rate than the national average, that, which is 70%. So African-American women are getting their mammograms down at 70% and the national average is 69%. So what, that's 1% higher, right? Yeah, so African-American women are getting, they're getting their screening. But um, I think one of the facts that we need to be clear on is that they get their screening and then they get the call back, but they don't go back. And so the screening has Ooh. taken like, But then there's an opportunity to have some impact on the disparity in terms of like the follow up or the follow through and the treatment and the accessibility. And so that's a major factor.
0: Right. So do you think that they just don't follow through because they're scared? I know there's so so much stigma behind you know, treatment, um, you know, hair loss, you know, Black women, we are very particular about our hair. So hair loss, just the fact that you're going to be sick all the time, the nausea, the vomiting, cognitive impairment, fatigue, um, you know, skin changes. Um, did you go through any of that? I mean, Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. The,
1: the side effects, (laughs) the the side effects were, were, were pretty bad. I went through the, um, the nausea, the fatigue. My skin got darker. People don't tell you that. I had this mouth source, Um, I had the cognitive, what, what we call chemo brain. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and just just the tiredness and fatigue. It, it was it was pretty bad. I ended up losing about sixty pounds going through. Chemo. So, um, and that was just to like. They also don't tell you that food tastes differently. I lost my sense of taste. So, not only couldn't I taste, but I couldn't eat because I had mouth sores. So, it, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And I also had neuropathy, which is nerve, um, nerve pain or nerve damage. So, um, even to this day, I have neuropathy. I can't feel the fi- my finger, the pads of my fingertips, and um, the pads of my toes are numb. So.
0: Did you use any medicinal or holistic practices to combat some of those side effects?
1: Obviously, there's the medicinal, which is the go-to, which is Finnegan and Zofran. I did drink a lot of ginger tea, ginger mint. (laughs) You know, my parents are from Africa. So my mom got me some ginger, some very strong ginger um, from Africa. Um, She chopped up ginger and had me chew it (laughs) raw. But, you know, what truly worked for me was olanzapine that really helped with my nausea and vomiting because mine was pretty severe. I had chemo every Friday. I had uh, nine rounds of chemo. I had it every Friday. And by Friday evening, I'd be sick and vomiting. I would vomit all the way through and I'd start to recuperate by Thursday and have to start over again. So olanzapine worked. There's Zofran, there's Finnergan, and then the non-medicinal was was ginger
0: well i think that concludes our conversation ellie we really appreciate you um and your honesty now i'd like to move forward to the segment of our podcast called the recovery room during this segment, we like to motivate and encourage our listeners by providing useful information and advice. About 90% of non-breast lesions are diagnosed in women between the age of 20 and 50. Although it is rare to be diagnosed with a malignancy prior to 30 years of age, it should never be presumed that masses and lesions found in younger women are non-malignant. What advice would you give to your younger individuals who may detect a mass?
1: Yeah, so absolutely. It should never be presumed that a mass or a lesion is non-malignant. But what I will tell um, people is that the research is in their favor and that 90% of breast lesions are benign. So continue on with your self-breast exam. And when there is a concern, reach out to your PCP or your OBGYN for further testing.
0: So second question, during your journey to remission, did you ever feel like giving up Uh, What kept you motivated to continue your treatments and what gave you hope? So, um, yeah,
1: this is quite weird, but uh, I remember being extremely constipated one time and I was sitting on the pot for nearly an hour and I was just crying. (laughs) I crying. (laughs) I know it's weird, right? And I was crying and I was just, I was feeling defeated and I just wanted to give up because one, I couldn't eat right? Cause everything tasted funny. I had sores in my mouth and I was constantly nauseous. I could barely walk due to the fatigue and I couldn't even poop. And, and at that time I just felt so low in that moment. And I called my mom and my aunt to pray for me because at that moment I just wanted to give up, you know? Um, but my son was my motivation as well as my faith. Um, the breast cancer was a silver lining because, um, It allowed me to draw closer to God, Um, allowed me to to just draw closer and to know him and worship him even more fervently. Um, And I knew that God hadn't brought me this far to forsake me. So, yeah, I suppose my God and my family were my reasons for um, not giving up.
0: Well, if you could turn back the hands of time and give your younger self advice regarding to your breast cancer diagnosis, what would it be?
1: So I would tell my younger self to love myself more and my body more um, to treat my body as a temple by eating right, exercising and making sure I do myself breast exams and getting my yearly preventative exams. I think when we're young, we think we're invincible and all that catches up. So starting young and putting your health first. I, I believe is key uh, in minimizing my diagnosis of breast cancer.
0: I totally agree. Eating right and exercising, that is so hard.
1: <laughs> Definitely no, it, when you're it, a
0: mom and you're working and you know, you're know you running your household, it is just so hard to find time to take care of yourself because you're so busy taking care of everyone else, you neglect self-care. And that is very important. Self-care is yeah. is very important. Self-care is... is- it's completely important. And
1: I wish that somebody had told me that when I was young, because I was the picture perfect of health when I was young. And, you know, I had gone through some stressors and I allowed those stressors to take a hold of me and I stopped focusing on my health. So had somebody intervened and said, hey, you know, you, your your body is important, your health is important, especially as a young African-American female, you know, um, it's We have the highest rate of obesity in America, African American women. We also have the highest rate of education, right? um, Black girl magic. (laughs) Black girl magic. Let me tell you, black girl magic. So, um, African American women, we we are highly educated and. Like when it, let's go back to talking about our risk factors, right? So we're highly educated. So with us being highly educated, what do we do? We push off having children yes. till we're in our until we're thirties, right? And then with us being highly educated, we also have we eat poorly. It's just known that us African Americans we eat poorly. So we couple that eating poorly, having children late, um, that all predisposes us to we're drinking because we're
0: stressed and drinking out. Alcohol, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and all of those are risk factors for breast right. cancer guys i'm trying to tell you i'm
1: telling you so we need to start the conversation much younger with our younger younger black girls that hey your body is important your health is important um education obviously is very important but you don't have to wait you're in your thirties to have children. Um, you don't always have to drink. You don't always have to eat that cookie, you know, eat foods that are high in fiber, high in fruit, less saturated fats, and just put your body first, put your mind first and continue doing self-breast exams, continue going to get your preventative, um, yearly healthcare assessments. And, um, yeah, so starting with those conversations, when they're younger, when we're younger, is also key. Okay,
0: well, you guys heard it from Ellie herself here on the Sense <laughs> Nurse Podcast. Ellie, we thank you for joining us today, and we appreciate oh, no, your problem. time. And oh, no, we cannot problem. wait to hear you. from you soon and maybe on another podcast, talking about another subject. I'm just throwing it out there in the air. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we thank you, Ellie, and thank hey, you for your time. I appreciate you. Good okay. luck good luck thank you thank you bye-bye bye thank you all for listening to this podcast and i can't wait to hear from you all soon you can contact us on instagram at the Sense nurse or email us at the commonsense nurse at gmail.com before signing off we want to remind you that we are here to educate and advocate We are not here to replace the advice of your medical provider, so please refer to our disclaimers for further details.